Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That is what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. Be it joy and laughter, sorrow and tears, awe and insight, or deepest devotion, as we visit and listen, we are all part of a spiritual voyage called Song of the Soul. We're headed to the West Coast today, Seattle, Washington, for a visit with Rick Ruskin. Though he's got a voice that sometimes reminds me of James Taylor, with all the enchantment that implies, and although he's got a lot of wonderful lyrics, the way that I was introduced to him and the distinctive quality that made him a shoo-in for Song of the Soul is his magic on the guitar. Born and raised around Detroit, Michigan, migrating to California in the late 60s, and with a few decades on site in Seattle in a home, complete with an excellent recording studio and a drum kit for creativity, exercise, and therapy, Rick Ruskin brings a wealth of music with him as he joins us via Zoom from Seattle, Washington. Thank you so very much for joining me today for Song of the Soul. Well, thank you very much for having me. This is not the first time we've met because just recently I was talking to Leslie Evers and you called and she put us together on the Zoom call. So I got to meet you before. So it's good to see you again. Well, good to see you again. I'm happy to see that the days have been kind to you. Haven't worn out yet, and my beard is still snow white. I'm working on it. Yeah? I mean, I'm working on the snow white. <laughs> How young are you? I just turned 72 in May. Wow, and you're not nearly caught up. I'm only 66, and I've been snow white for a few years. It makes me a really good Santa Claus, and people tend to also think I'm wise, uh, however ridiculous that might be. I think people know better tend to think that of me. <laughs> <laughs> At least if you talk to my family, anyway. So. Tell me about your family. I was born in Detroit, Michigan. My father was a Canadian from Windsor, Ontario, and he met my mother on a blind date in Detroit. He was in the Canadian Army at the time. This was World War II. He never saw action, fortunately for him. I thought you said he went on a blind date with your mother. Right. I meant... I meant okay. Oh, battleground. Okay. I'm sorry. I just misunderstood. No, no. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you make it a little joke. <laughs> Very. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, they started to become a regular thing and they got married and he moved to Detroit, became an American citizen. My brother was born, I think, in 44. I was born in 48. So I came along like three and a half years later, if you know. And I only remember the same house all my life, although we lived elsewhere, I was told when I was an infant. But I lived in the, the same house until I was 16. And then we moved out to the sticks, out to, you know, from the northwest side of Detroit to Southfield, Michigan. And then from Southfield, I moved to California. I moved to Los Angeles. And when did you do that? 1969 in the spring. Okay, so the 60s have been happening. Detroit's already a music capital of its own. Did that affect you at all? Very much so. When you say Detroit, people, they think negatively about the city because they remember it from 67 onward. But I remember it as a very vibrant place. 
very vibrant. Even before Motown, it was vibrant, especially if you were musically inclined and you were in the Detroit public school system, because there was a lot of emphasis on the fine arts in the public school system, music and arts. From the fourth grade on, I was in every choir or glee club or chorale all the way through being a senior in high school. And I got my entire music education, what I know about the mechanics of music, I learned for free at the Detroit Public School System in those classes. I think of you as guitarist. Uh, certainly, that's what Leslie touted to me. Uh, drums, I know also. Well, the drums came late. Well, I didn't start playing drums until about 1979. And that was sort of serendipitous in that at the time I had a very large house in Pasadena and I had living space for three people, four dogs and a cat. And I had enough room left over to put in a full recording studio. A man named John Horton, who used to be Ike Turner's head engineer, but he no longer was. And he and I had become friends and needed a place to store his drum kit because he was moving into smaller quarters. And he said, can I park them in the studio? And I said, absolutely. So he built a drum booth <laughs> and, and he put in his drum kit. And I said, well, as long as these are going to be here, show me how to play one simple beat. I said, and I'll never ask you anything about the drums again. So he showed me a very simple, very rudimentary rock kick snare hi-hat rhythm to play and i got hooked so i just kept on learning that's how the drums came about so now it's like exercise and therapy and it's also useful to be able to know how to play drums when you own your own studio we're going to get into more of the detail of rick ruskin's past his musical proclivities what he does in his studio but i want to get right into one of your songs that you selected for song of the soul today how should we start out well why don't we start out with the instrumental cuda ducks i'm certainly willing to except i don't know those words cuda ducks K-U-D-A-H-D-U-X-X. Cuda Ducks is a, it's a character from an old soupy sales skit from Detroit. So I named it after that. I made up the spelling. I have no idea how they spelled it. But the reason why I'm choosing this song is not because of that, but because of the way it came to be written. I actually wrote it in my old bedroom in Detroit. I was living in California, but I had to go back for my father's funeral in uh, the early 70s. My father died, I think, 72 or 73. I didn't take a guitar with me because I just couldn't see myself walking back to my family home with a guitar case in my hands. But a friend of mine who was out in Los Angeles, who was also from Detroit, called his mother and said, if Rick calls and needs one of my guitars, take it to him. Huh. So I ended up with one of his guitars to play, because I was going crazy. And when everybody had gone home, basically I just go back into my bedroom and get that guitar out and just lose myself in it. So that was the when and the where. And the what of it was I picked up the guitar one evening and that entire tune came out as one done piece. I mean, I didn't even think about it. You know, it's like I played it and I went, holy crap. And then I played it again and I did not change one note. 
I did change how I played three notes in succession, but the actual notes themselves never changed. It was like from the moment it came through me and out of my hands and, you know, out into the air where I could hear it, it stayed the same. To this day, you know, I have no idea where that song came from. Well, that's what I wanted to ask you. I mean, that's exactly what I wanted to ask you, because do you have any ideas of where such things in general come from or that song in specific? You know, I tell everybody when they say, how do you write? I tell everybody it's a jigsaw puzzle and you get a little piece. Normally you get a little piece of the jigsaw puzzle. I get this little teeny hunk and I may have a preconception of where it goes, but I'm not really sure. It could be the beginning, it could be the end, it could be, it could be a, some phrase in the middle. I don't know, but I doubt I'm the only person that basically you, you come across, you've come across something, or something comes across to you, and those little moments are like gold. And sometimes you strike little gold, a little nugget, and sometimes you strike a big rock, and sometimes you strike the mother load. That was the mother load. As far as I was concerned, it was like, I've had songs that have come fast, but I've never had anything before or since that just was like, there it is. Somebody just gave you a gift, you know, and what you should do is you should say thank you to whoever gave it to you. Because it's like finding the hundred dollar bill, you know, like, you know, like on the ground, you know, (laughs) or something like that. And nobody's around. This is much bigger than a $100 bill. It's the first song for Rick Ruskin's Song of the Soul. It's called Kuda Ducks. We've hit the jackpot.
beautiful song is by Rick Ruskin. It's called Cuda Ducks. I maybe I'm erring to say it's by you, Rick, right? It came through you. Well, yes, it came to me, and my name is on the copyright, so I am definitely going to take credit. <laughs> I saw that you have it on your recording in the beginning. When did it actually come to you? You know, basically, it was after my father's funeral. There is a, a tradition in uh, Jewish families where the immediate family sits Shiva. So for a week, basically, people come and visit the bereaved. And it was during that time. So it was probably like the first or second night of Shiva that it happened. But I do, I just remember the moment. I was sitting on the side of my bed because that's when I would practice at home. That's what I would do. There was no comfortable place in the house to sit and play. So I would just sit on the side of my bed and, and, and practice. And that way I could keep the door closed and not, not bother anybody who didn't want to hear, hear me play guitar. What was your taste in music coming up? Well, I was listening to, at that point, it would have been folk music and the Beatles and blues. Before that, it was all folk music and the blues. And before that, it was all classical music. When I was a kid, I was really steeped into classical music. Including the choirs you were performing with? Well, in the schools, we may have done a few classical pieces, but it was, you know, the traditional glee club stuff back then in schools. But I was also, I ended up being the soloist in the Beth Abraham Synagogue Choir. That was my first paid gig. We didn't get paid a lot, but we did get some money throughout the year. Well, Kuda Ducks is beautiful guitar. I mean, I, I love your guitar playing, and I'm really impressed by it. I don't usually like to just sit and listen to plain guitar, but you've got a certain gift there. I hope you can share some more gifts of that, uh, instrumental or vocal, for more Songs of the Soul. What's next? Let's go with Corvair's Exodus. Okay. What was your first car? My first car was actually an Oldsmobile. So did you have a Corvair? Yes, I did. Tell us all about it. Or maybe you can just perform the song and that would be enough. Well, the song is not about a car. It's a metaphor. Right. But I did have a Corvair. I had just finished reading Bury My Heart at Wounded Knee. It, this is another one of those serendipitous moments where, and it's one of the few times that the lyrics or the lyric idea came to me before any melodic clue came. But I was thinking about the fact I did have this Corvair Spider Coupe, and I really liked the car, but it was old and it was tired, and there were things always going wrong with it. But besides that, I was just thinking about, here's this people, this group of people that the United States government and the rest of the populace thought were worthless, and they were treated so badly I mean, that's an understatement to say that they were treated badly. And I own a car that is, engineering-wise, was a tour de force, in my humble opinion. It wasn't without its flaws, but it was very unique, and it was worthy of still being made. And it was basically, I can't find parts for it when I need it all the time. And I'm constantly being told to go to a different shop. We won't work on it here or whatever. And here are these people that are treated like they are worthless machinery. And that sort of sparked the idea of the song. I started writing it and I showed it to a friend of mine named B.T. Willis. He and I worked on the tune and 
what you're about to hear is the result. It is Corvair's Exodus, co-composed by Rick Ruskin and B.T. Willis, and released in 1975. Here's Corvair's Exodus. Good times have come and gone They say I must move again Switch my rusted old ignition on Well, it's the last time that I'll trust in men Look what faith that I've left in the wind On a Corvair's Exodus To Cheyenne Pass Talk comes mighty cheap But it don't last Touch the paper Watch the land go fast One of many was green and high But now there's nothing left to hold the rain Guns and arrows was no children's game And now there's no one left who knows my name Corbin's Exodus to Cheyenne Pass Comes mighty cheap, but it don't last. Touch the paper, watch the land go fast. Ailing engine can't last too long. I guess the journey's near the end. Ancient signposts. Rely upon. I headed straight for home, but once again, I lost my bearings in an evil wind. Corvair's Exodus to Cheyenne Pass. Talk comes mighty cheap, but it don't last. Touch the paper, watch the land go fast. Corvair's Exodus, co-written by Rick Ruskin and B.T. Willis, and it was released on Microphone Fever, which I guess was an LP back then, because 75. Right. That was the second of, of three LPs that I did for the Tacoma record label, which was started by John Fahey. You know, Rick, I was looking through your discography and I saw a number of them. One that caught my attention, particularly you were talking earlier about sitting Shiva, you know, growing up in a Jewish household. 
So you co-conspired with Vivian Williams on The Gospel According to Rick Ruskin and Vivian Williams. Lots of popular songs, but you've got things like This Whole Light of Mine and What a Friend We Have in Jesus and all that. I didn't actually listen to it. I just saw the name of it. And what were you doing on there? Guitar, vocals, both? No, that's an all-instrumental album. And it's uh, Vivian is a championship old-time fiddle player. I guess it was just one night. Vivian and I just cooked up this idea. Why don't we do something together? And she said, what? I said, why don't we just do some gospel duets? I said, regardless of one's feelings about religion, the music is, it's wonderful. The melodies are wonderful. Uh, Everybody knows them. And, you know, there's just something, you know, they get to you. So what we ended up doing is uh, our, our modus operandi was we would decide a tune. And then I would record my part without her. And then when I had a part that I was happy with, she would come into the studio not knowing at all what the background with the guitar was going to sound like. And she would overdub to it. And it was, you know, so it took us a long time to do it that way. But I'm very proud of that album. Very, very proud of that album. Are there particular songs on it that you picked that were your thing, either musically or somehow, you know, I think performing at, what did you say the name, Beth Abraham Synagogue? Yeah, it was Beth Abraham Synagogue in uh, Northwest. I'm pretty sure the songs would not have been being performed there, but I could be wrong. No, they would not. They definitely (laughs) would not. But even then... I was hearing those tunes. You could, I mean, you can't escape that music. You, I mean, you know, and why would you want to? <laughs> I think it's why would you want to, if you like the way something sounds, definitely, you know, it wouldn't be like, oh, I'm not going to listen to this. I'm going to change the radio dial. But I would say on that album, my favorite is Wayfaring Stranger. Yeah, that's a good one. I just like the way we did it. It just, just came out great. And I just love the way it ended up. The whole thing ended up. I was very proud of that album when it was done. Well, let's go on to some more of your music. I just mentioned one of the recordings that you shared with the world, but there's a lot more and a lot more music we could have grabbed if we had more time. Let's go with You Make Me Nervous. I think this is a peculiar, interesting song. Is it autobiographical? Yes, in part. And who's the one who knocked you down, made you fall in love, made you nervous? Who is that? Well, I, I, I won't mention the, the woman's name, but she was a background singer that was working in the same band that I was in. I toured for about mm, two and a half, three years in Olivia Newton-John's touring band, and she was one of the background singers. Huh. So you were with a band with Olivia Newton-John. Other bands, you you haven't mentioned anything about that history. Well, I worked with a duo called Hedge and Donna. They did three albums on Capitol. They actually recorded one of my co-writes, a thing called Hannah. Then I worked for a few years with Jackie DeShannon. Oh, okay. And then I worked for about, I guess it was about three years in in Olivia Newton-John's touring band. And it was, I was one of two acoustic guitar players. And eventually I still played the same parts, but eventually I started playing them on an electric only because it was easier for the sound people. 
So that was a bit of a detour. You were introducing the song, You Make Me Nervous. Why is this one part of your Song of the Soul collection? Because it's real, because it actually happened. And I think it happens to everybody. I'm just talking about the feeling, not necessarily the romance. And the idea for the song came while I was on that tour. Well, the song is by Rick Ruskin. It is You Make Me Nervous. You make me nervous And though I know It ain't on purpose You make me oh so nervous Anyway That I show the circuit I get so nervous And all you have to do You see the way that you're affecting me. It gets a little hard to breathe when you get too near. When you look at me and smile, spots appear before my eyes. I get completely paralyzed now. Have I made it clear? I'm in a tizzy. Think of you and I get busy. No matter if I'm busy with somebody else, and I get so hazy. You drive me crazy. I got to have your love for myself. How can you remain aloof? As I go sailing through the roof My love for you's 200 proof I got to have you near I hear your footsteps in the hall And I go bouncing off the wall You packed a bunch that made me fall So deep in love with you And oh, the dreams that I have holding you and oh how I long for your kiss in the moonlight And God knows I'm trying to say all the words right Excuse me if I stammer or if I seem uptight But you make me nervous Though I know it ain't on purpose Make me oh so nervous Anyway That I short a circuit I get so nervous All you have to do is All you have to do is All you have to do is Look my way And you make me nervous it ain't on purpose You make me nervous Just the same You make me nervous It ain't on purpose You make me nervous You're gonna drive this Today for Song of the Soul We have as our guest Rick Ruskin 
So Rick Ruskin's site is liondogmusic.com. All the guests I've had for the past 15 years are on my website, northernspiritradio.org. Also, there's a place to comment on our programs. Please, when you listen to the program, go and comment on our site and rate it and give us feedback. We love two-way communication, so please do your part. There's also a donate button, which is how this full-time work is supported. It's not by corporations. And it's not by government. It's because you, the listener, want to make it continue. So click that when you come. Even more so, support your local community radio station. I think they're so valuable to have something that's not part of the clear channel megalith that controls so much music and allows so little access across the country. Both music and news-wise, Right now, media is controlled by just a handful of corporations. So please support local community radio station and then help out Northern Spirit Radio if you can. But mainly remember, go to liondogmusic.com and find something about, what is it? I see at least uh, seven, eight, nine or so recordings that you've released. I see Words Fail Me, Once Upon a Time, The Gospel According to Rick Ruskin and Vivian Williams, In the Beginning, How to Be Smarter Than Your Guitar, Whatever Happened to Blind Matzo Lefkowitz. That's it. That's the latest one. That's the latest one? What's on there? What, what kind of stuff? That is an all-blues CD. It is all well-known blues pieces with the exception of, I think, two cuts that I wrote, two instrumentals. One's called Strut Yo Stuff, and the other one is uh, March of the Blues Guitars. When did you release that one? It was uh, released in 2015, so actually it's five years ago now. I assume it was done right there in the studio there in Seattle, which where you live. I mean, I, I don't know if you live in your studio, but I have a feeling between your drums and your guitar. Yeah, the studio is like at the bottom floor of the house. They turned the basement into a mother-in-law apartment and I turned it into, you know, no mother-in-law would, would want to live here now. <laughs> <laughs> it might depend who the mother-in-law is. She might be a really musical person. Well, maybe Mavis Staples might appreciate it, you know, but um, the surroundings are humble, but the equipment is quite good. So why don't you show us some more of the instruments in action? Uh, what song do you want to share next? Let's go with Rain Man. So as soon as I saw the name Rain Man, I was thinking of Dustin Hoffman, which is not the source of this song, I know. Where did it come from for you? I was having a conversation with a friend of mine who was another a songwriter. We were just sort of riffing and playing on words off one another. And we were talking about how punctuation can change the meaning of, of the exact same words. One of us said, it's the rain man. <laughs> uh, he may have been the one that said it, to be honest. And I, and I said, Mac, I have to call you back. <laughs> so, I wrote, I think the first two verses very quickly. Next day or two, I wrote, basically, I, I, I finished up the verses and then it took me a while to get the B section, the bridge. And then, uh, I sat down and, and basically put put some music to it and you know and I did the intro that was the, the intro actually came last the very opening lines came uh, came last then I called them back up and I played it for him over the phone put it like this I I got his high five over the phone <laughs> you know and then I uh, at some point I just decided to uh, come down to the studio and record it 
I thought I was just going to be doing a demo. And then the more I got into it, I went, no, there's no reason to call this a demo. I think you got, I think you got what you came for. I mixed it and I put it on the, on the CD. The 2006 CD, Perfect Pitch. Correct. So here is Rick Ruskin, Rain Man. seen this kind of weather before Not a cloud in the sky On the inside it pours Looks like something's come between you and yours I can see the rain man's been to town Breaking every heart that can be found I don't need to hear about no trail I can see the rain, man I can see the rain He may come on like a thief in the night or right to your door out in the broad daylight And it's awfully hard to know him on sight But I can see the rain that's been the town Breaking every heart that can be found I don't need to hear about no trail of tears Cause I can see the rain man I can see the rain Every day break another heartache Everyone you can call And not a soul who knows how to comfort you As your lonely teardrops fall I can see the rain man's been to town Breaking every heart that can be found I don't need to hear about no trail tears Cause I can see the rain, man I can see the rain I don't need to hear about no trail tears Cause I can see the rain, man I can see the rain seen this kind of weather before Rick Ruskin is joining us today from Seattle Washington and that's his song Rain Man there's a collection of songs some which were pretty old songs of yours released in 2006 under the name Perfect Pitch his website is liondogmusic.com as always the link is on northernspiritradio.com org 
I wanted to ask you about the feeling part of that. I mean, you know, I, I got the play on words, you know, rain man, rain man. That's one thing. And that's the way my mind frequently works. Right. But tears, tears being hidden, you know, the tears of a clown when there's no one around. Right. That kind of thing, Does do you connect with that feeling at all? Or is that just, was it the words that were swirling around or the emotions mixed in? It was, I mean, the words were a trigger. It was a trigger. But there has to, I don't write autobiographical songs as a rule. But there's always a piece of something of me in them. There has to be. Because otherwise you're you're writing like pulp fiction, I guess. You know, you're just uh, just churning it out. I honestly can't do that. But the Rain Man is like you don't have to see that someone is sad. You don't have to see tears to see that somebody is sad. Oh, I've seen this kind of weather before. Not a cloud in the sky. On the inside, it pours. I mean, that's what I'm saying. I'm looking at somebody, and I can tell. Basically, they could have been all cried out at that point. There's no tears left. You can't even see that there are any tears to begin with. But you can tell something is not right. So who makes that happen? I mean, if there's, if there's an entity that makes it happen, it could be the Rain Man. The Rain Man could be a person that did something that stepped out of line. It just could be circumstances. It doesn't make any difference. But basically, there's this entity. That's who the Rain Man is to me. You know, every day break, another heartache. I mean, I'm sure anybody, you don't have to suffer from depression to be at times depressed. I'm sure everybody has gotten those situations where they wake up and they wish that they could go back to sleep because they do not want to face, they don't want to face the day. I've been there and I think everybody I know has been there whether they will admit it or not. I am curious on what life of Rick Ruskin is like these days. I would say right now, given the current circumstances, I would say that I'm somewhat depressed almost all the time. Considering what's happening socially, what's happening economically, what's happening politically, and given the pandemic, everyone's having to live inside their own head a lot more than they normally would. So you do that, and that can get to you. But of the every day-to-day, you know, I guess I'm doing okay. Well, you know, it's my impression that if we share more of your music, it's going to turn out better. I really do feel like when you take the guitar in hand, the songs of yours I've heard, there is a magical, mystical healing that can come through your music. That's, I don't know if that sounds like too much, right? But that's what I feel. Let's give people a chance to react to some more of your music. You got a sample that we should share with the world? Let's do Lullaby. Okay, a beautiful instrumental piece. Where did it come from? I was doing sound for a music camp run by a player named John Miller. It was focused on jazz and swing, and that's not my wheelhouse, really. But I did bring a guitar with me because I was only needed for certain times of the day. And one of the students came up to me while I was just playing with, you know, sitting with a guitar in my hands and said, my rehearsal partner flaked out on me. And would you mind, would you go through these charts with me so that I could rehearse what I want to do tomorrow? 
I said, sure. And I said, let me look at the charts. And I looked at the charts and, and all that stuff. So anyway, she and I just started to do more of that. And as a result, the jazziness of what she was doing rubbed off. <laughs> so, so I don't know. It, it's sort of that. This is not a jazz piece, but it has some harmonies I might not have ordinarily used had it not been for just being in that environment. So this instrumental by Rick Ruskin, a website, liondogmusic.com, is Lullaby. It's from his collection, Words Fail Me, Lullaby. More excellent guitar work by Rick Ruskin, liondogmusic.com's his site. Lullaby was that song. I do think your fingers, your musical sense, your creativity with the music is charmed, and you certainly charm me with lullaby. 
what is your division of instrumental versus songs with vocals? I mean, you started out in choir you up through high school. You're mainly a, a singer, right? I was. until I started playing guitar at 14, and I learned guitar so I could learn how to accompany myself singing folk songs. And then I got deeper and deeper into the accompaniment of the songs and, and then the instrumental side. It took over for a good period of time. And then I, when I got to Los Angeles, I started to write songs there. Well, let's hustle on down. We got, I think, two more songs we're going to put in, uh, God Willing and the Creek Don't Rise. Right. What do you care to share next? Let's do Home is Where the Heart Is. Tell me about Home is Where the Heart Is. Where's the poetry it originates from? The Robert Frost home, I believe, The Hired Hand. And I think there's, a, when they're talking about The Hired Hand who finally comes back, where basically one of the characters in the poem, I think it's the wife, says, well, home is a place that where you come back to, they can't turn you away. I'm paraphrasing. I'm sure I'm getting it wrong. But that, that's the line in the poem that I'm alluding to at the end. Where, you know, the line is, could it be that I misread it? Better read that poem again. Better read that poem again. Is this song, to any degree, autobiographical? Well, I was imagining what would happen if I had to go home with my tail between my legs, knowing that I had done something that my family did not approve of. To be quite honest, this song is like the worst-case scenario. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, was, I, I didn't sugarcoat it. So I guess listen to the song and then ask me about any of the lyrics you like as opposed to me starting to talk about it. Well, let's do that. Let's listen to Rick Ruskin's song, Home is Where the Heart Is. Here he goes. If I was a bird with a broken wing If I was a cat standing in the rain was a dog and my paw was lame I wouldn't have to come to you in shame You'd just take me in and feed me You'd nurse me back to health But because I'm old and human I can get on by myself They say home is where the heart is
Today for Song of the Soul, we have a guest who I, I just met him a couple weeks ago through a mutual friend and his uh, musical co-performer, Leslie Evers. His name is Rick Ruskin, and his website is liondogmusic.com. Home is where the heart is. We've got to scoot on out the door because the 55-minute program that I have is already going to be overcharged with the wealth of stories and reactions, insights, input have been included in this interview. So folks, do remember to look at northernspiritradio.org for the bonus excerpts from my interview with Rick Ruskin. One more song to finish it off. What do we go out with? Well, that would be the one we have left is Long Walk Home. And give me a little bit of background about it. Believe it or not, it is based on a ubiquitous blues riff, but this is not a blues tune, and you might not recognize the riff. And it is, for the guitar players out there, it's done in what is called dropped D tuning, but it's in the key of F when it goes to the relative minor, for the musical scholars, that gives me the low D for the tonic of the D minor chords that are played when I need it. And it's it's very evocative of, if you remember as a kid going home, like walking home, but you really didn't want to get there. Oh, I had that situation a lot. All right. But you knew that basically you had to go and you were going in a straight line, sort of, but you were doing it as slow as you possibly could. That's the mood. When I listen back to that tune, when I, was, when I play that tune, that's the feeling I get. That's really all I can tell you about that one. Well, I think experientially we're going to know a lot more just by listening to it. Folks, we've been gathering today with Rick Ruskin. I met him through Leslie Evers, his website, liondogmusic.com. This song coming up is an instrumental. He's got a really good mix of both instrumental and with vocals, songs, lyrics that he's written in his collection. And there's a good assortment on liondogmusic.com that you can track down. I recommend highly you do that. Thank you so much, Rick, for joining me, for continuing doing the music. And I hope that something good about this time of coronavirus 
is that you get to spend a lot of time uninterrupted with your guitar and your drums? We can only hope. I want to thank you for uh, inviting me to do this. It was indeed a pleasure. So we go out with Rick Gruskin, Long Walk Home. It's from his recording, Words Fail Me. And we'll see you all next week for Song of the Soul. Long Walk Home. Theme music for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson, and it is called Song of the Soul. Check out all things Song of the Soul on northernspiritradio.org, guests, links, stations, and a place for your feedback, suggestions, and support. Send your Songs of the Soul to me, Mark Helpsmeet, via the info on our website, and join us weekly for Song of the Soul.